on the 13th hour and born on the 13th day. Bad luck and trouble are all that come my way. I should be flying all over the desert, just like that along that bird, trying to find something here I can make. Mm, I'm so tired that I can't cry. Phillips Five for a Wednesday. Every Wednesday at this time, we talk to Scott Maxwell, who writes the Taking Names column for the Orlando Sentinel. Joins us every Wednesday at this time, usually to talk about what he's writing in his column. Good column today. Welcome, Scott Maxwell. Let's get to the uh, heart of the matter today. Well, let me get, let me start off with Teresa Jenkins announcing what she was running for chairman or mayor of the school board or whatever that position it's, it's is now. Mayor of the school board. Well, it's it's kind of like the mayor. It's a strong uh, chairmanship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know what to say. I mean, first I heard she uh, was interested in schools was uh, when she filed to run them. So I don't know. I just, uh, you know, it's revolving chairs. It's still it's kind of a small chair. town, yeah. isn't it? It was because you do have, uh, she wants to go be the school board chairman. You may remember earlier the school board chairman, Bill Sublette, wanted to become the mayor. But right. He dropped out. So the sheriff, Jerry <laughs> Dimmings, he is running uh, for mayor, and our OPD police chief is going to be the sheriff, or wants to be the sheriff. So, yes, it does seem like uh, musical chairs when it comes to offices here. Yeah, so in eight years, uh, you know, uh, Chief Mina, who will then be the sheriff of Orange County, will run for Orange County mayor. Right, and then I guess you go on to the school board after that. <laughs> I don't, it seems so. like an odd choice, but okay. I mean, what do you get? A bun- I mean, what do you get? Like three, three or four pensions under your belt by the time you finally call it quits? Is that is that the deal? Uh, it depends on the office. I don't know that that's uh, the case for her because I think she's already got a should have a pretty fat one just from the county. I think she's looking for something to do, but I I cannot claim to have any real insight in this. Um, yeah, no. I think I mean, she's done okay. Sure. I think she's done okay. You know, a little, a few stumbling blocks here and there. Yep. Uh, she can't, really came About around with people. the LGBT community. Uh, you know, feather in her cap for that. Yeah, a couple of stumbling. I think here and there she got a little full of herself. But, you know, that goes along with the territory. I, I, I think if you were to ask somebody uh, like me uh, what her legacy would be, yeah. I think you're going to go, uh, I don't know. I mean, you can't even come up with something. How about yeah, the expansion I mean, of the convention center? Yeah, well, that's what I'm talking about. I mean, when I think about a lot of the issues you and I have talked about through the year, like transparency on hotel tax spending, yeah. trying to diversify that money and the economy, she hadn't pushed for uh, that one lick. Uh, and I guess very recently she said she would, but then we didn't see anything of the legislature. We keep getting a bigger convention center. There's not a whole lot of transparency or not complete transparency <laughs> down there. Um, uh, I mean, the trains have largely run on time. Earlier in our tenure, there was Texgate. That wasn't great. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Expressway uh, Authority nonsense, all that no, stuff. No, she, but see, on that one, she was a good one. She yeah. was one of the few she ones was. who uh, who uh, called for a cleanup over there. So I'd say it's a mixed record. But but like I say, if if, if you look at Buddy Dyer, for instance, you, one thing I think people know is that the skyline of downtown Orlando is different because of Buddy Dyer. It is. Mm-hmm. Love him or hate him, uh, he has pushed for big, audacious uh, things. And uh, I don't know if you stop the average person on the street and say, after eight years of Mayor Teresa Jacobs, what's her legacy? I, I bet you'd have a tough time getting an answer from a guy on the street. Yeah. Let's move on to your column today. Essentially, you're castigating the governor, who's now running for the United States Senate. 
castigating the uh, sitting uh, attorney general for the state of Florida, Pam Bondi. Pam. Uh, and this all relates and uh, revolves around the issue of of restoring rights to felons who have served their time and paid their penance or whatever you want to call it, whether they get their right to vote back. It's very, very, very difficult in the state of Florida to get back your right to vote after you've been convicted of a felony crime and even after you've served your your sentence. So what's going on here? Yeah, it's it's uh, sometimes when I'm writing, uh, I get myself worked up. Yeah. You do it sometimes, right? Uh, yeah, sure, sure do. Yeah, make a good living doing it. Yeah. yeah, by the end you're really convinced that you're onto something. Yeah, certainly, of course. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I found I I really had to be in my butt uh, the more I thought about this one because uh, th- this was just wrong on a whole bunch of levels. As you mentioned, the system in this state is completely whack. It is an extremist and fringy by any standards. Florida is one of only three states in America where if you commit a felony, many of the people who do lose their right to vote for the rest of their life for the rest of their life unless the uh, governor and cabinet, which is uh, the attorney general and CFO and agriculture commissioner. Right. And by the way, why the hell should the agriculture commissioner have anything to do with uh, your, your voting rights or right. whatever? Uh, those, unless those four people personally give you decide that you should get your vote uh, right to vote back and carry a handgun, by the way, and serve on a jury. But 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 voting is the one. We, uh, so th- th- this is not the way a normal society uh, functions. As a matter of fact, as I pointed out in the column, the, the roots of this policy date back to post-Reconstruction after the Civil War, when whites were terrified about freed slaves having the same rights. Uh, I don't know if I'll say the word, but... Uh, I no, don't say it. I don't need that, uh, but uh, we know what you mean, the N-word. They, they, they were worried about the country, the state becoming too in-ized, right. is what they said. And so they came up with laws, and one of them was like, hey, you know what? If you've been, arrest- if you've been convicted of a felony, yeah. uh, then we're never going to let you vote. And, of course, everybody been convicted of a felony because if you looked at a white woman the wrong way, you got – I mean, that, that's where the roots of this law – and one after the other, other states have said we're not going to do this. Well, finally, it's been challenged this here in Florida, this extremist policy, and a judge, a federal judge, one who was confirmed, by the way, 96-0 in the U.S. Senate. This is not some flaming liberal judge, a judge who has sided with Rick Scott in the past against the teachers' union, a judge deliver a smackdown that made my column look tame uh, today. He, he said, you all are so ass backwards in the way you run your state. He pointed out that one time a guy didn't get his vo- right to vote back until he went before Governor Scott and told Governor Scott that he had voted for him. And then the governor voted. No way. Oh, right. yes, he sure did. Uh, and, 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 the, and the judge noted that some other people who came up to ask for their rights back and complained about the system, which is a mucked-up system, uh, they didn't get their rights back. And the point the judge was making is the, the, these are people who are getting their civil rights approved and denied based on the whims of partisan politicians with no set rules. And by the way, even if you follow all the rules, it, the average wait to get your rights back in this state after you served your sentence after you'd pay your restitution, after you've done everything associated with your crime, is a decade. They right. aren't able to have it. And the judge said you wow. are violating the U.S. Constitution, and which is what a lot of people have said before. But the problem in what I was writing about today is where after a federal judge with a good record says you have to undo this system, this yeah. unconstitutional system, Rick Scott and Pam Bondi said, mm, no. Now, no, this is, of course, uh, the governor who uh, whose company uh, uh, fleeced the, uh, the taxpayers by hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, this is the, as you mentioned in your column, the same attorney general. You know, they say they're so concerned about citizens. 
And uh, well, I guess Rick Scott wasn't so concerned about citizens and taxpayers no. when his company fleeced uh, fleeced <laughs> us out of tax uh, payer money to the tune of three hundred million dollars or so. And the same with Pam Bondi, who uh, uh, why don't you remind everybody about Trump University and Pam Bondi? Well, that's right, and this is what gave me the really gave me the red ass. They claimed that they were saying no, uh, they were they were going to violate the U.S. Constitution. By the way, remember that's what the judge right. said because they wanted to stand with victims. And I got to thinking, well, stand with victims. Right. Well, where were you, Pam Bondi, when dozens of victims of Trump University came and said, "Hey, I've been scammed out of five, ten, fifty thousand dollars." Remember, Pam Bondi didn't do anything to investigate those things. Instead, she took a twenty-five thousand dollar check from Donald Trump and didn't prosecute any of them. On the other hand, an attorney general up in New York did take them. These were, by the way, these were Floridians. These were Floridians, some of them, who got scammed by Trump University and had to look to an elected official a thousand miles away. He got them a $25 million uh, settlement, which was which was uh, approved this Monday. So when she's talking about she wants to stand with victims, I, I guess it's politically convenient victims. And as you pointed out, uh, Rick Scott presided over the largest uh, health care fraud in the United States, uh, and when his company was accused by federal authorities of stealing $1.8 billion of Medicare uh, and Medicaid money, he didn't stand with victims. He resigned and took a $300 million parachute. So I just felt like if these folks are going to try to get high and mighty about the reason they want to violate the U.S. Constitution, the reason they want to keep former felons who've, who've paid every bit of their otherwise debt to society yeah. is because they claim to stand with victims. We should remind them of, of some of the times when uh, they didn't do that. Yeah, good for you. It was a great column today. Another column you wrote earlier in the week has to do with the amount of funding coming out of Tallahassee when I believe when it comes to disabled children or children mm-hmm. in need in the state of Florida. And I think you came up with some st- some statistics in order to get aid uh, for you, for your child who might be profoundly, uh, uh, I'll use the word handicapped, what is the average wait time, 10 years or something like that? You have to wait in line 10 years before you can possibly get some kind of assistance out of the state of Florida? Yes, the average is the average is seven years, but many have waited ten years. And, and, and to give a little perspective on this, this this is not just anybody who thinks they want help. You know what? I'd like some uh, I'd like the gov- some government money, please. There is a very rigorous process, mm-hmm. and if you have what would be referred to as a profoundly disabled child, right. these these are these are often kids who can't lift their own heads up. They're certainly not feeding themselves. They're not changing themselves. If you qualify, then you you qualify for what's called a Medicaid waiver, and that might pay for therapy. Uh, for your child, that might pay for respite care, meaning you know you, you, a parent can't watch a, a child 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Respite care to give them a break, uh, and uh, so you, you're supposed to get qualified. Well, Florida does not put enough money uh, to, to pay for all the people who are qualified. So the average wait for the people who qualify is seven years. That means if you have a child who is diagnosed with cerebral palsy and 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 needs help to learn how to walk or talk or something like that at age one. The average person is not going to get help until eight. As you mentioned, some waited a decade, and more than one person, multiple people, have talked about how their children died before getting uh, this help. And this is not the way, once again, other states all – of, all of this is just a matter of priorities. The money is there, and in fact, as recently as under Jeb Bush, uh, who was a rock-solid conservative, right. I think most people would argue, the waiting list for this special needs population was zero. It was zero because budgets are just about priorities. And if you want to decide, you know what, these people have qualified for help. If, as Gandhi said, society should be judged by how it judges uh, t- tends to the least 
of, of the, those among us, then that's what you do. Uh, and you can do it, but the list has climbed up to right now about 21 thousand uh people and and the point the part of the reason i was sharing this in this this past sunday was i wrote about this before when it had twenty thousand and i shared the story of this little girl who couldn't do anything for herself her father gone bankrupt basically you know just just the special needs bed cost twelve thousand dollars to get for her she was qualified and she was not getting the help so after i wrote this story three years ago nobody who who saw these pictures who heard that story could say that's 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 the way you know society should function everybody said this family's getting hosed and so legislators said they would respond, and that was the good news is they got help for her. The bad news was they didn't get help by solving the problem. They added a little tiny qualifier that said just that, just the disease that she suffered from, right. uh, which, which affects 0.03% of the population, moved to the front of the line. And so it was 20,000 when I wrote about it three years ago. It's 21,000. Where does Florida say. rank now when it comes to funding for profoundly disabled children? Didn't you note yeah. in your column we're down 49th? And in fact, I couldn't find a, a statistic that I felt comfortable with. Uh, but what I what I did know was part of a, a larger trend that uh, another reporter, a friend of mine, uh, ha- had put together was he looked at these waiting lists in general for people in need. These are maybe people with dementia or people with Alzheimer's or people who are sick. This this is uh, these are these are the most vulnerable people among us. And what you found out was that Florida has bad waiting lists for all of these things, and that this year when we passed the big Biggest budget in the Florida in the history of Florida at eighty nine billion dollars. Virtually none of these lists went down. If anything, a lot of them got bigger. Uh, they find the money for tourism advertising. They find it for corporate incentives. Uh, but the people you have sent, we have sent to Tallahassee right now, are not tending to the vulnerable. Uh, I don't know if it's a lighter note. I don't know if you followed the story coming out of uh, Tampa Bay Times dot com, whatever it is, about Reagan, the dog that was the dog uh, that the governor first got when he was elected. Have you read about this story? I have not, actually. You're and telling the, me something new. About 30 days, I think it's about 30 days after the governor took uh, the oath of office, I guess someone decided that it would be best if he had a dog. Oh, the old one. This is, a, yeah. There's yeah, Reagan, the do- yeah, Reagan, the dog. So I guess some, you know, somebody on the West Coast said, uh-huh. whatever happened to that dog? And nobody in the governor's office would could come up with an answer. Some said, I'm too busy to find out an answer. And they finally determined that uh, after about 30 days, the governor gave the dog back to, uh, to where he got it from in the first place. And I'm saying this can really be an Achilles heel in anybody's campaign. If somebody finds out that that dog was, <laughs> went to the dog farm, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or it went back to the original owners and the owners put it down because they you know couldn't they couldn't do anything it. with right. it. Or the governor said it barked too much, so he didn't want to do it. That will be that will I mean that can really hurt your candidacy for the United States Senate. We do so not like it when you mistreat dogs. No, there's, not there's, at all. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but I will tell you if you if you watch Rick Scott, he's got a little coaching. He, he's talking a little better, Is more he? like a human, less like an animatron at Disney in the past. Mm. Uh, for you know, for a while it was like you were watching uh, the guy play, play President Garfield at the Hall of Presidents. <laughs> he's, uh, he's not a great speaker still, but he's a little better. Yeah, yeah he's gotten a little better. But uh, he and he and Nelson are going to Bill Nelson are going to be pummeling each other in what is maybe one of the most expensive U.S. Senate races in America. Wow. Yeah, those are two not live wires. What's Pam Bondi thinking about doing? Is, is there any indication that... What, what's she up to? Is she going to private practice, or does she want to be the attorney general after Trump sacks Sessions? What's, what's her deal? 
<laughs> yeah, I'd like to think there's a hole she'd crawl into, but I don't think that's what her idea is. Uh, she was a Fox News commentator, you oh. may remember. Uh, beforehand, I can imagine her wanting to do that again. But you also write any any number of law firms would be happy to have an AG uh, on their on their payroll. The state is and the and the state's law firms are, are lousy with them. John Morgan's got a former lieutenant governor uh, working for him. So, but we I I haven't heard specifics. Okay. So. What, what's coming up in the next column? Uh, oh, I just tried to get all of our uh, upcoming uh, candidates for attorney general on the record with mandatory uh, recording of all interrogations, which is something you and I have talked about for the last right. two weeks, right. because we talked about how it was screwed up on Nor Salmon and lots of other trials. More important, in my mind, is uh, what happens going forward. They need to be required, just like they are in half the other states in America. And uh, about half of the candidates just refuse to answer. And I say if you uh, want to try to convince can't uh, you know voters you're tough enough to take on crime but you're too weak to give answer to a yes no questions you don't deserve our vote that's so. true. Good. we Love look forward that. to the column great column today by the way appreciate Thanks, it i appreciate it guys. Uh, you got it scott uh, maxwell writes the taking names column for the orlando sentinel joins us every wednesday shot doctor upcoming on real radio 104.1 your next chance to win one thousand dollars is just minutes away on real radio 104.1